Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All righty. Good to see everybody tonight. Uh, before we go into our Bible study, let me encourage you and ask you uh, if you would do this with me. If you would make it a point to begin praying more diligently than ever for our young people. Uh, Brother Jim and I were chatting, Jim Henderson and I were chatting before service tonight, and, and Jim said, man, Pastor said it was a really good message on Sunday, really appreciate it. He said, but what can we do to keep our young people in church when they leave the institution of the home and school, and you know what he means, when they get older. It's sad to see some of our young people depart from the faith, right? And, uh, and so would you, would you just make it a matter of serious prayer? And uh, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to gather together a, uh, a group of parents and, and staff and leadership of our church and, and have a sit-down forum where we can discuss, you know, so what, what do you think we could do as a church, better do as a church, better do as a home? It's a concerted effort, right? You can't blame any one thing. It's a concert. Parents have got to be on the same page. Church has got to be on the same page. And we've got to reach the kids between the age 13 and 15. We've got to make it important to them then. Because if all church is to them at that age is the do's, the don'ts, and the have-to's, they're going to pull away for a while. Now, sometimes they pull away and come back, but it'd be great if they don't pull away at all. And so I want to make sure that I'm a part of the movement that keeps them in, you know, not pushes them out. I said a couple of things on Sunday night, if you remember, about my young pastorate, you know, and sometimes uh, it was all about the do's and the don'ts, and we really didn't teach young people to fall in love with Jesus. And when you don't teach them to fall in love with Jesus, the rules and the regulations aren't going to keep them for, for, for very long, you know. And they can spot hypocrisy like that. And they can spot a fraud, you know, real, you know. Uh, and so would you pray along with me? Would you, would you do that, please? Put it top of your prayer list. Pray for the young people. We've got some great families here at OB. We've got some great young people. We really do. And it'd be great to see these young people take the, you know, the step of the next generation, you know. And, and, and a lot of times, though, they're our future church. No, they're our church right now. They're our church right now. We need them right now, and we thank the Lord for them. So if you would, pray along with me. And uh, in the f- near future here, I'm going to get together with families and just have a sit-down with them in a you know, roundtable format and just say, what can we do to you know, keep your kids? My kids are raised, but i got grandkids coming up. I want my grandkids in church, for as, you know, and then their kids, if the Lord should tarry. Right? Uh, uh, honey was telling me they have 41 great-grandchildren. Is that, is that right, Sandy? 41 great-grandchildren? <laughs> Good grief. Could you imagine that? 41 great-grandchildren? And I know this. I know her heart's desire. Every one of them, man, just know the Lord. Stay in church. Serve God till he comes back. And it's possible. It's doable. Right? And so if you would, join me in prayer. Hey, if you have your Bibles, uh, look over at Deuteronomy tonight, chapter 6. Deuteronomy, chapter number 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Revelation. That's how it goes, right? First five books in the Bible, the fifth being Deuteronomy. 
I want you to look at Deuteronomy and then chapter 6. And we're going to read together, I'll read out loud, you read with me, verses 4 through 9. But before we read verses 4 through 9, I want to make this comment. I want, you to, I want you to realize this. As we read this, I want you to realize that this is a special portion of Scripture. Now, all Scripture has been given to us by God. It's all inspired. We believe that, right? From Genesis 1, in verse 1, through Genesis 22, and whatever the last verse is, verse 20, I think it is, maybe, I don't forget. Uh, it's all given to us by the inspiration of Almighty God. It's God-breathed, right? It's, it, every, every word of it is infallible, inerrant, right? Preserved throughout all eternity. However, there are, there are certain portions of Scripture that are, I think, more significant in their uh, practicality than others. And this is one of them. And this is a very special portion of Scripture, especially for the Jewish people. And not just for the Jews, it's for everybody, but especially the Jews. I'm going to show you why here tonight. Look what it says in verse number 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. Now notice verse 7. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thine house and on thy gates. And then verse 10 gets into just a challenge based upon that text of Scripture. There is, for the Israelites, a word. That, that, them, them four, five, those five, six verses formulate for the Israelites a very, very, very special prayer. In fact, so special, they've given it a name. And here's, here's the name. The name is the Shema or the Shema. Did you ever hear that before? Did you ever hear about that before? Uh, for a Jewish person, the Shema or the Shema is extremely important. What that uh, word literally means is here. Here, and it comes from that first verse. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Right? Now, if the, if the uh, Jewish people were writing that, see where, see where it's got God there? The O would be missing. Where it's Lord, the O would be missing because a Jewish person believed God is so holy, they do not even have the privilege of writing or spelling his name. You know, um, they're real careful with that. And so um, they have this, this uh, prayer called the Shema or the Shema. And basically uh, what it is, it's a, uh, for an Orthodox Jew, the Shema or the Shema or this prayer Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, they pray at least twice a day. Twice a day, they'll, they'll pray this prayer, they'll, they'll read this prayer, they'll kind of chant this prayer, recite this prayer as a reminder, as a reminder, oh, I'm going the wrong way, as a reminder of all that God would have for them to do. Reminders. And every once in a while, I'll tell you what, every once in a while it's important for us to have some Reminders. 
You know what church is every once in a while? It's a reminder. Sunday night here in the auditorium, we had, a, we had some reminders. Your pastor got up, remember that guy? He got up on Sunday night and reminded us of how important it is to uh, raise our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I, I listened to him on Sunday night. He's pointing out some good things. I was saying amen when he was... Boy, it's hard to get you folks to... Yeah. And so it's just reminders, right? Most of the stuff that I said on Sunday night, you heard before being around church like this, but every once in a while, we need those reminders, right? And so for the Jews, for the Jewish nation, for the nation of Israel, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 9, the Shema or the Shema is a reminder. It's a reminder of, of what the Lord requires of them. And it's so important to them, it's so important to these Jews that they have, they, they have these built-in reminders for themselves. For example, look at verse number 8. Verse 8 says, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between they, thine eyes. Have you ever heard of a phylactery? Raise your hand if you've heard of a phylactery. If you were in my class last night, you heard of a phylactery. That's where all these students in my class are. Phylactery. What's a phylactery? Well, here's what it looks like. A phylactery is a little leather box. And a, an Orthodox Jew would wear the phylactery. You see how he's got it upon his head there? And then he's got it around his arm there? You see that? And you know what, you know what that phylactery is? In that little box, in that little box is the Shema or the Shema or Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9. I remember working uh, while I was a youth pastor a couple years ago, a few years back, I remember working uh, for an exterminating company, Terminex. In fact, I worked for Terminex when their theme was, we are the baddest bugs in town. You remember, remember that? Huh? And, uh, and I used to serve, uh, my, my uh, exterminating route was Society Hill, Philadelphia. And so I would get into doctor's homes and lawyers' homes, and a lot of them were Jewish. And I remember I had doctor, and I can't say his last name because we're streaming. I had doctor so-and-so, and he was on 3rd and, oh, 3rd and, right around Bainbridge was his house. And I would go into his, his office, and then sometimes his maid would say, doctor wants you to go up to his apartment. He had an apartment on the second floor, and he wants you to go and exterminate his apartment. And I remember going up, and almost all the time when it was a morning visit, Dr. So-and-so, and he was an old Jewish man, an Orthodox Jew, would have on his phylacteries right here. And, and that, that, I can't put my, you won't be able to see it. See that little green thing there? It won't show on the TV. But you can see it wrapped around his arm. And, and according to verse number 8, look there. Thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand. They shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. They're phylacteries. And I would witness this old man. He would be in his, in his little cubie hole of a bedroom. And I would witness him, and he, was, he would be sitting there with his phylacteries on, his prayer shawl, his, you know, yarmulke, and, and he would just be, he'd be praying. He'd be chanting. He would be reciting. And I was, I was a preacher at the time. I was a youth pastor. So I was intrigued by that. I wanted to stop him and say, hey, <laughs> tell me a little bit about that, you know. Uh, but I, I seen him go on the town with that, you know. And, uh, and that's, what, that's what that is. <laughs> They're called phylacteries. And what it is, now pay attention right here, what it is is just a reminder to 
pause and remember God and have prayer and then live for God obediently each day. A phylactery. They also have something called, look at, look at verse number 9. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. And so they have something called a mezuzah. Did you ever see a mezuzah? Huh? See that little, I can't, again, I can't, I can't uh, show you what that looks like, but it's that little thing on the doorpost there, right? So you have the doorpost. And, and a mezuzah is that little apparatus, it's just a little tube, and in that tube, guess what's in that tube? Deuteronomy chapter number 6, verses 4 through 9. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Huh? Uh, thou shalt write them upon the, what? Post of thy house and upon thy gates. And so this is what the Jewish people do. That mezuzah, that's what's inside. And, and here's something interesting. When a Jewish person prays the Shema or the Shema, they do it like this, with their eyes closed, with a hand over their eyes. You know why that is? Any idea? Because they don't want their eyes to be distracted from the prayer they're praying. We might say something like this as a, as a Gentile Christian. <laughs> we might say, we turn off our iPad, our iPhone, our telephone, our TV set. Why? Because we don't want anything to distract us from the prayer that we're praying. So they're praying the Shema. And, and it's the same thing. What they're doing is they're just kind of reminding themselves you know, of what God taught them, you know, in the Old Testament here. How to serve him, how to love him, how to enjoy him, how to experience him. You know, the importance of prayer and, and reading the mezuzah. I remember this, I remember being over in Israel, and these are constant reminders. Everywhere we went in Israel, you see, especially old city Israel, you see Orthodox Jews. They're everywhere, you know, and you can spot them. You ever hear the saying, a mile away? <laughs> a mile away. And when they're around the Wailing Wall, right, when they're there, you know, uh, at, at the, the Western Wall of the Temple, and they're praying, they all have their phylacteries on, you know? And I mean, it's just this leather box on their head and straps around their arm, and it's on their forehand here. And every, every door we went into, I noticed this, we stayed at several different hotels. Every hotel, every door to every room in every hotel had a mezuzah. You know, you couldn't walk through a door without being reminded of Almighty God. How about that? Huh? And I thought about this. If an Old Testament Jew under the law needs reminders, how much more should we under grace? Just to be reminded daily of how important it is to keep these things in front of us, right? Now, let me caution us to remind, remind us of this. Uh, we're not under the law. The Bible says this about the law. The law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith, right? In other words, the law, God didn't give the law to uh, you and I or even the Israelites uh, to save them. In fact, God gave the law to reveal the fact they needed to be saved. Because what the law does is the law reveals our sin, correct? The law wasn't given to say, the law is our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by what? Faith, right? Faith, we're justified by faith. 
However, the Bible does teach this. Listen to this text of Scripture in the book of Romans, chapter number 7, verse number 6. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Kind of going along with what Paul said in Galatians chapter number, number 3. But he said in Romans this, For whatsoever things were written aforetime or before were written for our learning, that we might through patience and comfort of the Scriptures have hope. And so in other words, what he's saying is this, even though we're not under the law, we're not Old Testament you know, believers, we're in the New Testament, we're New Testament Christians, the law still serves a purpose. Amen? You know, whatever has been written has been written for our admonition, and we should learn through it and learn from it. Don't you agree? Huh? And so when you look at these Jews, you look at some of the things that they did to remind themselves and how important that was. But catch this if you would. When you trace Israel's history, you realize that it's easy to lose your way. In Deuteronomy, now, now think about this with me. Let me see if I can give you a little history lesson. Deuteronomy is nothing more. In fact, the name Deuteronomy means a second telling or a second law. And so all Deuteronomy is is just a repeat of Exodus and Leviticus. Moses is just repeating. God is just repeating himself so that the Israelites would be reminded. Why? Because in just a short period of time, they're coming out of the Exodus, they're coming out of Egypt, going through the wilderness, and they're going to end up where? Come on, class. Where? In the promised land. And you know what God told Moses to tell the children of Israel? He said this, when you get into the promised land, don't forget where you come from. And don't forget how you got to where you are. Right? And I mean, over and over, if we were to do a study on Deuteronomy, you'd find out the warnings, because God was concerned that once those Israelites, you know, got into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, they were going to violate themselves. They were going to forget all the things that they were taught, all the wonderful things that they witnessed and seen. Think about this. These same Israelites were the ones that were there and saw the Red Sea part. Right? They saw, they saw Moses when they said, we want water. They saw Moses just go over and speak to a rock, and all of a sudden, water gushes from a rock. They saw every single day of their lives God sending down from heaven manna, right? Substance, something to sustain them. Every day they saw that. And God didn't want them to forget all that he had done for them when they got into the promised land. And so he serves these reminders. And here's what he said to them in Exodus chapter 10. Look at this verse. And, thou sh and that thou mayest tell in the ears of thy son and of thy son's sons what things I have wrought in Egypt. In other words, what he's saying is this, and this text comes right in, you know, where God is delivering the Israelites, you know, from Egypt. You know, you got the Red Sea, chapter 13, the Passover, all that wonderful stuff coming up. And God says this, make sure you tell your children and your children's children, those 41 great-grandchildren, Make sure they know what I've done. Make sure they know and witness the great powers of Almighty God. Right? Exodus chapter 12 is a great text of Scripture. Pretty much says the same thing. But it wasn't that many generations out because you go from Deuteronomy, right? And at the end of Deuteronomy, 
right? You come to the book of Joshua, chapter number one, it says, Moses, my servant, is dead. And now he's speaking to Joshua. And Joshua is going to pick up where Moses left off. And he's going to lead the children of Israel through what we're going to study next, Craig, is the conquest stage. Where you read in the book of Joshua, the Israelites just conquer and conquer and conquer. And then God gives them the promised land. Right? And you got 24 chapters in the book of Joshua. The span of time is, is not all that large, but it's pretty significant. Until you come to the period of the Judges. And you don't get too far into the book of Judges before you read this. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers, and there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which, which he had done for Israel. That may be, for me, one of the saddest verses in the Bible. Think about that. There rises up a generation. So the generation, you know, dies off, the forefathers die off, another generation comes on the scene who did not know the Lord. And not only that, they didn't even know what the Lord had done. Isn't that sad? This kind of goes along with what I, what I shared on Sunday night, you know, with God's blueprint for, for a successful home. How we need to make sure we keep these things before our children so that the generations coming, they know the Lord. And they know the great power of God. They know what he's done for them. Correct? And the only way they're going to know that <laughs> is if we do what he said there in Exodus, right? Put it in the ear of thy son and thy son's sons. All that God has done. And look here, we need to keep rehearsing before our children all that God has done. Here's a sad commentary. Sad commentary. Do you hear that? I don't know what that is. Huh? Yeah, it's something back there. Some alien. But, but here's, here's a sad commentary. There's a lot of Christian parents today that all, all they do in front of their children is complain. They murmur. They criticize. They cut the feet out from leadership. You're going to pay for it. What goes around comes around. Remember that story a couple weeks back I preached Sunday morning. Be not deceived, God's not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, and shall so reap. Amen? I think it's important that we keep reminding our young people of, of all that God has done, you know, and making sure they have a real right relation, a genuine relationship with Him. Amen? And I think, you know, you come to a church like this, it's important for us to remember our past, our foundations, our history. That's vital. Dr. Riddell, uh, you know, this upcoming year, 75th year anniversary for OB. 75 years, right? Right, Kevin? Yep. January. So we're going to celebrate in June because January is too ugly to celebrate anything. <laughs> so we're going to celebrate in June uh, because January, February, March, me and Don is going to be in Florida anyway, so we'll celebrate in June. Uh, our 75th anniversary. And I'm going to tell you something, look here, I, I know Miss Honey goes way back and, and some others go way back. We ought to be, we ought to be, and I use this word properly, we ought to be proud of all of it. Not just the good times, but the bad times, because during the bad times we saw God do some great things that got us to the better times, right? So even though there were some difficulties here, there, wherever, you know, we thank God for all of it, 
because after 75 years, the church is still active. And somebody said, I was talking to your, your um, um, brother just a little bit ago. And he said, boy, Pastor, it's great to see all those new faces on Sunday and all these new families coming. After 75 years, God's still blessing the ministry of Hope and Bible Baptist Church. You're not finished with this yet. And those things never get old. I never get tired of hearing testimonies of people getting saved and baptized. Do you? It's exciting. It's wonderful. I love hearing that stuff. And so we just got we just have to, we got to keep it going. Don't you agree? We have to keep it going. And and so, you know, you see the highs and the lows in our own walk with the Lord. Isn't that right? You know, we have our own ebbs and flows and, and difficulties. And I, I thought about this. I thought about maybe, maybe what we need to do to remind ourselves. Let me ask you this. Do you have anything in your life that reminds you of your need for God? Do you have anything in your life that serves as a reminder to pray every day? Do you have anything in your life that serves as a reminder to read the Bible every day? Is there anything you have in your life that serves as a reminder to live obediently and walk with God every day? Let me make a few suggestions and I'll and I'll close. Uh, years ago, we used to do this. Remember, Donna? We used to Bible verses on three by five cards. How many of you used to do that years ago? Everything's changed because we got electronics. You still do it? Good for you. God bless you, Chris. Huh? And every time I was trying to memorize a Bible verse, that's what I did. And I had a stack of these things, man. And, you know, I would put them in several places. One place I would put them is on the sun visor of my automobile, you know. And as I was driving, it was right there. Right? Now we look at our phones. But that was right there. Another place, we would always put Scripture right down was on the refrigerator. Come on, man, refrigerator. How many times do you go to the refrigerator? Our kids would. Well, it really wasn't this. We just had the single door at that time, you know. We had a double door back then. Uh, I used to say to my son, take a picture. Nothing's changed since the last time you've been here. It's five minutes ago. You think something grew in there? Same thing five minutes ago. You know, right, right on the, and you know what that is? It's a reminder. It's a reminder to read the Word of God, to memorize the Word of God, to get the Word of God in you. Huh? How many of us are still memorizing Look here, I'm not trying to produce conviction. I'm not the Holy Spirit. But let me ask you a question. When was the last time you memorized a verse of Scripture? When was the last time you challenged yourself? You said, oh, Pastor, I can't. Sure you can. Sure you can. Huh? You may be, maybe you can't get the large ones, but look, everybody can memorize Deuteronomy 6. 4, hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. What's there? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 words? You got how many, how many numbers in the, in the phone number? Nine? Ten? How many is in the phone number? Ten, right? We can memorize. We just don't challenge ourselves to do that. A little three-by-five card. Huh? Challenge you to get back to doing some things that are really vital and important. You know, I have, in my, I have it right here. I can show you uh, after service. I have what I call meditation scriptures. And I add to it every day. And I just try to go through and, and memorize them. And, and then during the course of a day, especially in the evening, if I'm lying in bed, my mind won't shut down. I just constantly just memorizing, quoting scripture to myself, chanting it in my brain over and over and over again. Huh? And it's just comforting. It's encouraging. Are you with me? That's where you grow, church. <laughs> You've got to get the word of God in you. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing 
by the Word of God. Huh? Another thing is this. Many years ago, a fellow gave me this. It's a little stone. ASAP, always say a prayer. You know what you do with a stone? You keep it in your pocket. And every time you reach down in your pocket, you feel that stone, you know what you do? You pray. By the way, you don't need to kneel down and pray. You don't need to be in this posture to pray. Huh? In fact, when I pray in the morning, I open up my prayer by saying, Good morning, Father. I come to you in the name of my, my Savior Jesus, my, my precious Savior, who died on the cross for me. And that opens up for me the remainder of the day that I don't always have to say in Jesus' name, Amen. Prayers do not have to end in Jesus' name, Amen, because when you, when you close it, Jesus' name, Amen, it's almost kind of though you're shutting the door. You hung up the, the receiver. So when I'm finished praying in the morning, I just say, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. Huh? And normally, I promise you, this is my routine. It's my routine. I leave my house, <coughs> I take my supplements, I kiss my wife, I jump in my vehicle, and I'm heading down to, to Mecca. I'm going down to Mecca. And on the way, I say, Father, it's me again. Thank you for this beautiful day, and whatever you have for me to do today, I want to do. If it's a phone call, if it's a visit, whatever you want me to do, I volunteer, I'll do it. But right now, I'm going to get a cup of coffee, talk to you in a little bit. That's exactly what I do, Bob. I'll talk to you in a little bit. I don't shut the lines of communication. I want him to always be there. Huh? And so maybe, I don't know, maybe a little stone in your pocket, maybe a coin, something that would remind us, you know, to pray. And not just, you know, in the morning in my prayer closet or wherever you pray, but all throughout the day, just open line of communication. God wants to hear from us. You know, I said this to the class last night. We were praying for some people like Deb and, and others. And I said, you know what? I pray for them most of all, that they would experience God's presence. Because once you experience God's presence, you automatically get God's peace. God's peace comes with his presence. <laughs> you got to get his presence first, you know. And so may we get to a place in our lives where we just experience his presence. Because once you do, everything else just falls into place. Maybe, maybe it's a siren. You know, I know this. There are people, every time they hear a siren, they pause and pray. God, my wife does this. If we're driving down the road, ambulance is coming up the other side of the road, she's praying, God, wherever that ambulance is going, whether it's picking up somebody or dropping off somebody, please be with them. Huh? Maybe it's a, a bolt of thunder, you know? You hear thunder, you, you know, and, and all of a sudden you pray, God, you know, and whatever you might pray during that. We lived in the lightning capital of the world for nine and a half years, Tampa, Florida. You know what the hockey team is called? The Lightning. <laughs> you know why? Because it's the lightning capital of the world. I've never seen more lightning strikes in all my life. I lived here in this area for, you know, 50, 52 years, 51 years, got down there and never seen, I mean, all the lightning in my life, never seen so much as I've seen down there, you know? And, and so maybe, maybe it's something like a siren or a lightning bolt that reminds you to pray. I don't know. Maybe it's a daily journal. Do you journal? Huh? Nothing like reading a portion of Scripture and then just getting out of maybe your iPad or, you know, a tablet or a you know, notebook and a pencil and just writing down a thought. And it's your thought. It's your thought. You know, and so here, O Israel, Lord, God is one Lord. And you just write next to that, I want him to be my Lord. It's your thought. It can't be wrong. But you go back to that, you know, a year later, and on this day, you know, you think, look back, man, God spoke to me last year at this time, and I have it written down. I can show you how God spoke to me this morning. I promise you. I can show you. I got it written down, Bob. 
I journal it almost every morning. Why? Because I want to see. I want to see what God does for me and through me. I want to see growth in my life. And these are reminders. You don't have to believe this, but I promise you I can take you into my office. Right now it's locked away because I didn't unbox everything I moved with. But Christy, I have devotions from 1982. And every once in a while, when I at least had them out in my office, I would go back and see how God spoke to me in 1983 or 4. And I thought, man, you were so immature back then. Look what you wrote. You know, God help me to pray. You know what? If you looked at my journal today, Mo, it might be, God help me to pray. You know, but it's neat. I can go back and I can trace how God's worked in my life because I want to see growth. I want, I'm a, I want to have a genuine walk with God. Right? I want it to be smoke and mirrors. I, I, I want to have a genuine walk with God. And in order to do that, you've got to be genuine. And nobody's going to keep you in check like you can keep you in check. <laughs> Amen? And so some reminders. The Israelites had the Shema or the Shema. Maybe you get yourself something. Get yourself a reminder. Something that reminds you every day to pray, to read, to walk with God, to live obediently, care about others. Find something. Walking with the Lord is vital. Don't lose, don't lose your way. Set yourself some reminders. Amen? Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.